0: welcome you and we'd like to welcome any visitors that we have either online or in-house today and you know what as much as we're proud of you to be here one there's one thing that i'm proud of is the holy spirit's here and the holy spirit is the reason that we're here to worship so hallelujah yes yes So, as usual, today is now time we're going to do our faith statement. So if everybody, if you can, if you would stand as we declare our faith statement again, as I said the other Sunday, this is a declaration, and this puts the enemy on notice that this is what we're standing on. So as we say our faith statement, let's say it as we truly are, that we are warriors. So we'll start. We are sword drawn, word ready, purpose filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything, not somehow, but triumphantly. Amen. Amen. And how are we doing this? We're doing it triumphantly. We also have the opportunity to give um, our offering We have baskets on each end and there's a basket up here in front. So anytime during service that you want to come up, you're welcome to come up and give your offering. You also can give your offering online. Uh, Just go to the online service and you also can mail your offering in. So let's say our space statement over our offering. As we receive today's offerings, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decreased, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Yes, amen. You know, I, I was reading the Psalms this week, and one psalm Psalms that I really love is Psalms 100. And Psalms 100 tells us how we're to enter the presence of the Lord. Psalms 100, if you Believe it or not, the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. We don't come into church to get something. Amen. We bring the presence when we come into the church because the Holy Spirit is within us. Amen. And Psalms 100 tells us what our expectations are, how we're to act when we get into church. And I'm going to read it for you. Psalms 100. Make a joyful shout unto the Lord all ye lands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's shout Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah the Lord is great. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So if you got any pride issues, that says it right there. We are the sheep of His pasture. He is Lord and He is the reason. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures for all generations. Hallelujah! Let's give him a praise. Hallelujah! you yeah.
1: Every day, every day, every day. Lord, we thank you, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that gives us the power to be, have that stuff broken off of us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. One more time. Please. There is power
2: in the name of Jesus. break every chain
1: Make this your prayer. Right now, that's the evidence, evidence.
2: evidence that the spirit of
3: Because this has been the cry of my heart for this church and I know many of you have been wanting the more and we know it's there because we see it in Scripture but we don't always experience it but it's gonna happen when we submit and pledge our allegiance to the Lord and that usually takes a sign of surrender yes. so for us to break through sometimes we got to break through at the altar sometimes we can break through in our seats but we have to show a sign of submission that we want this do we want this or are we just singing words Because this is the cry of my heart for this ministry. Spirit of God, we need a fresh fall. We need you to fall fresh on us again. We need a new anointing for a new season where you want to do new things. But if we don't refill the oil, we're going to be running on old expired oil. That was for a past season. So for us stepping forward, if we are going to be wanting the more, if we want to experience, we have to show a sign of submission and pledge our allegiance once again to Yahweh. Amen? So when we sing this, Auntie, I just want to stay on this verse for a minute. Because this is powerful. Your kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done here. Here at Crossroads. We're not just speaking of the earth. When we sing this song, we're speaking of where we are in this house right now. If you are here, this is the ministry you've been called to. So we're speaking over this ministry. So let's pour into this song again and let's praise. Let's be exuberant in our praise. Let's show him how thankful we are that he is even willing to pour his spirit out on us. Praise him. Let's sing that again.
1: Come on, let Spirit of
2: God. Oh, spirit. spirit of God, Perfect.
1: Come on, just come to this altar. People will pray with you. Just surrender your life to Jesus. It's true. thing like Presence of the Lord. Whatever you need can be found in His presence. Love, joy, peace. Whatever you need, freedom, answers. All can be found in His presence. Thank you for this time of your presence, Lord. You are so good. You are so kind and you are so faithful. Thank you for your peace, Lord. Thank you for the precious moment, God, of just feeling your peace. Where the whole world disappears and we are just caught up in your presence. You remind us that you love us. We can trust you. We worship you today, God. You are so good. You are so good, Lord. You are so good. Thank you,
2: Jesus.
0: You are good, Lord. You are so awesome, Father, that you, you, the King of the universe, sends your presence to be here with us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, Father. Lord, we just bask in your presence. For we know that you have all that we need. Your presence is more than enough. And we thank you, Lord. Father. Now we can get ready and have our announcement video.
1: on this side, so you guys can go ahead and follow them. All right, and I just wanna say what a pleasure these kids are. Um, I've taught personally in that class, um, and it, I love those kids, They're they crack me up, they're great.
3: No, maybe, there we go. Well, hello everybody. Um, I do want to mention we have Men's Cube today at 5 p.m. in the classroom over here. Come and join us. Men, if you are wanting to go deeper, come come to this group. Okay, it's not a class. It's a group where we go through a book of the Bible and we discuss it and we talk about it and we go deeper. If you want to go deeper, anointing flows, right? I definitely believe that anointing is transferent. So whenever you are with another anointed, when you are with more anointed people, you also become more anointed. All right, so men in this church, let's get involved. Let's get to Men's Cube. It's a great time of fellowship today at 5 p.m. Before we get started, oh, Miss Pat, can you pull? There we go. Thank you. You can just leave it there for me. Um, Is Brother Gerald in here? Brother Gerald, can you come here real quick, sir? (laughs) Hesitantly. (laughs) As you guys know, Brother Gerald has served faithfully in our church office for years now. He's done a fantastic job, and we as the church want to present him with a gift. I think we should give him a round of applause. Brother yeah. Jail, yeah, stand up! Come on, guys. We show honor, up, down, all around. Remain standing. Reach your hands forward. We're going to pray for Brother Jail in this next season of his life. Lord God, you know Brother Gerald better than anyone ever could. You know his needs, you know his desires, you know his wants, Lord God, you know his heart. So Holy Spirit, we just pray in this next season of Brother Gerald's life, you take him deeper. You give him the desires of his heart, Lord God. You give him pure, true joy in you, Lord God, that in whatever he faces, whatever circumstances, he knows that you are with him and you are guiding him into the future. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gerald. All right, you guys can be seated. Well, good morning everybody. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Doing good? I don't know about you guys, but I enjoyed Wednesday night. I enjoyed being with you guys and being able to get into that teaching a little bit. Cuz if you were there Wednesday night for that teaching or you watched online, we're going to be hitting on just a couple of things in this sermon that we dealt with, okay? Of the unseen realm, things that are more real than we can see where we are. Okay, well, today starts our battle plan. Who's excited? Who's ready? It starts, so you guys can go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. That's going to be the main passage we focus on today. But this is called the Shema. It literally means to listen. And we're going to deal with what that means and what, what was going on during this time period where Moses gave one of his final commands, one of his final speeches to the people of Israel before he passed on like I said, this is where our battle begins. I am so excited because our battle plan starts here with our pledge of allegiance to God and submitting ourselves to him going forward into this next season. Who's ready? Yeah. yeah. Are we ready to go to the deeper things of the Lord for him to take us deeper, for us to know more and go deeper? Yes. Amen. We're going to hit background before we get into the story. Okay, the background... The people have just come out of the book of Numbers, which is actually in the Hebrew Bible. It's called In the Wilderness. Okay, that's what that book is called because the book of Numbers, we see that title and we think, I don't want to read that book. That's boring. makes you think of math, right? Numbers, math. People don't usually touch the book of Numbers because they don't think it's a fun one. The book of Numbers is actually extremely intense because the people of Israel wander in the desert for 40 years. I don't know about you guys, but that's a long time to be wandering. No, they didn't have anywhere to stay. They were wandering. That means they were constantly going. There were nomads in the wilderness for 40 years, all right? And to Deuteronomy, that, that unfaithful generation, the one that had caused them to be stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, has now passed away, all right? So now we are opening up into a new generation, a new generation. And so Moses is teaching a brand new generation, okay? They did not witness the same things that the past generation did in Egypt, They didn't witness the plagues. They didn't witness the Red Sea opening up. They did not witness the pillar of fire guiding the people. Okay, they never saw these things that the past generations did. So Moses is now doing his best to instill this in them of what Yahweh has done for the people of Israel, and this is why we serve Yahweh. We talked about Wednesday night that there are lowercase gods, and in the Hebrew Bible, lowercase god is the same word for uppercase God, Elohim. So what did we deal with on Wednesday, those who were there? They are not at the same standard of God. Those are what we know as angels and demons, and we talked about cosmic geography. That's going to sound a little weird because in our Americanized church, we don't talk about the supernatural realm very too often. Okay? So why, why is he instilling this is what Yahweh has done? Because there are other lowercase gods, entities doing other things that they could be tempted to follow amen just as in our present day there are many things we could be tempted to follow that are not uppercase g god yahweh and we're dragged away to what seems attractive sometimes what seems good in the moment but in the long term it's not Amen? So this is what Moses is trying to instill into this generation. I know what you see from the Moabites and the Amorites. I see what they're doing. And yes, that looks really appealing because they're just giving into their flesh. But this is why we serve Yahweh. This is what he has done for his people. So let's read it together. Deuteronomy, we're going to go, this is 4 through 6. I know right there it says 4 through 5. But we're going to go, all right, we're going to read this real quick. This is Moses, okay? He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Amen? The Lord our God, he's the only one that we shall serve. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. This is the pledge of allegiance to Yahweh and the rejection of the gods of this present age. Do we see that? Do we see how we are committing ourselves to Yahweh and no other, right? So what does it mean to love God in this, in this, with this type of depth? When it says love God with all your heart, these are your thoughts. These are your emotions. These are your will, your volition. That is how we love God with all of our heart, all of our thoughts, all of our feelings, and all of our volition. How do we love him with all of our soul? We love him with all of our being, spirit, and body treating our bodies as they deserve to be treated, as the temples of the Holy Spirit. Amen? How do we love him with all of our strength? We love him with all of our potential. Everything that you have that is of value, you give to him. Did you guys hear that? Everything that is in you that you have of value, your talents, your gifts, your money, your job, your possessions, whatever you have, You give it to him. That's how you love him with all your strength. It's all of your potential. Everything that people would see value in you, that is what we give back to God because it came from him in the first place. That is how we love him with all of our strength. And this is a call because in that day and age, guys, they were seeing things we definitely would not be seeing in our time period. If you just read scripture here, let let, let me give you an example. Let's go to Deuteronomy. We're still here in chapter 6. Let's go to to verse 12. And we're going to see why Moses was making this clear in verse 12. He says, Then beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Okay, they didn't see it. They have to remember because he just taught them. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. So what is verse 13? That's in a pledge of allegiance, Right? If we are to have a battle plan, if we are to serve in the army of the Lord, our allegiance has to be to the army of the Lord, the kingdom. Verse 14, you shall not go after other, what does that say? Gods. Gods. The gods of the peoples who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. Why would it say he's a jealous God if there's not actually another entity fighting for your attention? Now, I want you guys to know, there's a, people, a lot of times, we dealt with this on Wednesday, when we see lowercase gods, we think of just idols, right? Just man-made things. No, scripture actually differentiates specifically between an idol and a lowercase god. You see it every time. They don't even talk about them the same way. When, anytime you see these lowercase gods in scripture, when it's a comparison, it says your god is a jealous god. When it talks about idols, it just talks about getting, going away with them. Do, do we see the difference there? they are two different things fighting for your attention, The rest of verse 15, lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. So what is he reminding them of? Don't turn away. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. But stay focused where you are. This is the call. Amen? Come on, guys. Let's stay focused because this is going to hit in a minute. This is going to be real good. All right? So here, allegiance is not just inward. It's not just the inward declaration. It manifests itself in our actions. Your true allegiance is shown by how you live your life. Amen? We can come up in the church and we can say, yes, Yahweh, we pledge our allegiance, but what does our life look like Monday through Saturday? It's not just an inward declaration. It is shown by the way we live our lives. So what does Moses command them? Verse 7. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Parents, what shall we do? Teach them diligently to our children, teaching what? The commands of the Lord. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. What does that mean? With your family. When you sit in your house with your family, you speak of them, you teach them. When you walk by the way, when you're with your friends, when you're on your way to work, when you are at work, you're speaking of these things. And when you lie down and when you rise up, what does Scripture tell us? It tells us to meditate on the word of the Lord day and night amen you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes so what does that mean the jewish people still to this day actually they wear these little these little wristlets they also wear them on their heads and what it is is it's tiny little scriptures they have written down and they keep them so in their times of prayer every day they go back and they will read them so what does that say for us as christians set your lock screen as a Bible verse. Anytime you pick it up, because you know we as Americans love our cell phones, okay? So whenever you pick up your cell phone, have that verse there. Read it before you unlock it. Have it as your computer screen. Whatever you are giving your attention to, make sure it's giving attention back to the Lord. Amen? Because we are setting ourselves in a place of allegiance with the Lord. Amen? Do, Do we see the differentiation here? of how our life is supposed to point to this. And what does it say? You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Have scriptures up around your house. Declare that this is a house of the Lord. Put a hedge of protection over you and your family. Quote that. Put that up. Have it printed. The Israelite people would proclaim the Shema twice each day. Once when they woke up and right before bed. Right? Right? Giving your allegiance as soon as you wake up. Giving your allegiance as soon as you go to bed. Covering your whole day with this hedge of protection to the Lord. This is a sad truth, but we're about to see. We are one generation away from witnessing a generation that knows nothing about Jesus Christ. This is war. And you're all probably wondering, Pastor Josiah, why the verbiage of a battle plan? Like that doesn't make much sense in the 21st century. You know, we don't deal with those types of things. But yes, this is a spiritual war that we have set back and put on the back burner for so long. And this is why we are here where we are today. And we hear pastors talking about revival. And I genuinely believe there's going to be a revival. But it has to start somewhere. Where does it start? It starts in the hearts of believers. And who better than us? Who better than a medium-sized church in Columbia, South Carolina to pursue the will of God, to pledge our allegiance to something higher than ourselves, to give our day-to-day to to the Lord and seek a spirit of revival. You think it can't happen to us? You guys uh, turn to Judges 2.10. Judges 2.10. Write it down. You can turn to but I have it right here as well. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Y'all remember how I told y'all that Pastor Tim was an example of Moses for this ministry? Bring out into new things, guiding to a new season, and I genuinely believed, and other people prophesied that I would be the Joshua, and what did Joshua do? He led the people into battle. He had a battle plan. This generation is the generation right after Joshua died. You think it can happen to us? History repeats itself. We talked about that so many times on Wednesday night. History repeats itself. We have to study Scripture to understand. Joshua passed away in Judges 2.9. The generation that did not know the Lord are in Judges 2.10, the verse directly after. Right? Right? We must take a stand before history repeats itself. Only one out of four Gen Z Americans report attending church, which is only occasional. That's less than 25% of Americans in Gen Z go to church. So you think it can't happen to us? The war is already here. We have to determine if we are going to take part in it. And so what am I doing today? I'm laying down before you Right, I'm laying this down before you, the battle plan. And if at first, right, before you can fight, you have to, you have to be a part. You have to pledge your allegiance to this. And I, this is what's powerful here: the vox day, voice of God, can and always will overpower the vox populi, the voice of the people, if we allow him to be the main voice in our lives. There are a lot of voices from outside sources right now. Amen? Amen? Amen. The media, what, what did Brother Doug Jolly prophesy last Sunday? In his prophecy, he said what? Turn your ears away from the media. Don't listen to what they're feeding you. It's not real. It's a distraction. Why do you think the enemy uses media as a distraction? Because while he's waging war, we're upset over something happening in politics. Instead of focusing on what's actually happening, instead of waging the war we were called to, we are so consumed with earthly matters that we're not even fighting. Amen. We're not even taking part. We don't have a plan. We haven't even initiated any type of contact. So when we allow the vod's day to be the main voice, the voice of God in our lives, it will overpower the voice of man. Every single time. But we have to allow the Word of God to be the loudest voice in our lives, not what's happening on social media, not what's happening in the world. What does that mean? That means we have to pledge ourselves. I keep saying that, but it's so important because in this day and age, Christianity is nominal for most people. It's a social gathering. I'm not saying you guys, right? I'm speaking of the spirit. We've talked about cosmic geography, right? Spirits that are over certain regions in the earth, according to Deuteronomy 32, right? Right? Well, we in America obviously have some type of spirit of apathy towards the gospel. And we talked about the enemy can never win, but the only way he can hold it back is by stopping the spread of the gospel. Jesus doesn't come back until every person has heard the gospel. Do we understand that? That is what Jesus said. He said, I'm not coming back till the Great Commission is what? Fulfilled. So if the enemy can hold back the gospel from spreading... If he can put a spirit of apathy towards the gospel in America, when we have majority of the resources in the world to do what has to be done, then he holds it back. And you know what's sad to me? Sometimes I feel like we use Jesus coming back as a cop-out. Hear me out. We see the world in, in its current state, and instead of fixing it, we just say, oh, well, Jesus is coming back. He's not coming back unless you share the gospel. Amen. Yeah. Is, that, is that not what scripture says? Jesus said, I'm not coming back till the Great Commission is fulfilled. So if each Christian is sitting back saying, oh, Jesus is going to come, but we're not sharing the gospel, what does that mean? 100 years from now, Jesus still ain't come back. 200 years from now, Jesus still ain't come back. The Great Commission was given to the disciples to get to their disciples, to get to their disciples, and it's a never-ending cycle. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ is a disciple of Jesus Christ. So the Great Commission belongs To us. In the year 2021, it hasn't changed. If we believe scripture is the same and will never change and is the truth for all of history, then we have to cling to it for today. So that means we have to allow, especially in this church, the voice of God to be the loudest that we deal with. We can't let the good old days hold us back from the present days. God is not just the God of the past. If He did it then, He can do it again. Amen. If he did it, then he can do it again. He wants to work here and now. Do Y'all understand that? He wants to work here and now. That's why during worship I felt the Holy Spirit so strong. I don't know about you guys, but when the Holy Spirit truly like drops upon me, I get real hot, y'all. I get real. I'm just like, oh my, somebody give me a fan, okay? Because His power is so strong when I feel it. And as soon as that started going, you know, following us afresh, following us anew, just hit me. That is why I exhorted us in worship. Because if we make that extra effort to pursue Him, listen, I don't understand why we think the Holy Spirit is just going to do anything for us if we don't pursue Him like we love Him. He's also been displaced in the American church. We're comfortable with God the Father, the creator of the universe. We're comfortable with God the Son, right? Jason's shaking his head. We're comfortable with God the Son because he died for our sins. He did something for us, right, Jason? We like that. We like he did something for us. But the Holy Spirit is so unfamiliar because we can't see him. Amen? We, it, it's high. It's, it's, ah, it's a spirit, and that makes us uncomfortable. That's so why we don't preach on the lowercase gods that show up all throughout the Bible, we just want to give a clear-cut answer, though. Those are just idols because, you know, we, we don't want to deal with the hard stuff. But the Holy Spirit is uncomfortable for a lot of us. Because if we don't feel goosebumps, we think he's not there. What does Paul say? Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? That he dwells within your mortal body? Now, if you're afraid of the Holy Spirit, it may not be a temple. We might need to work on that. I'm just being honest. But when we welcome him in, and some of us have struggled for so long with, with hit our past right we hold on and it holds us back from experiencing god deeper but if you would allow the holy spirit to work in your heart who is he he's the comforter he's the counselor he guides us and gives us wisdom but if we neglect him how can the church be comforting to anyone because the majority of our churches the people who are in church have been in church for 30 plus years but only less than 25% of Gen Z are outside of those doors. That means we need a fresh pouring out of the Holy Spirit, so we are a safe place, a safe place of comfort and counsel for those who are lost. What did Jesus say to the Pharisees when they saw him eating at the table with tax collectors and prostitutes and those people don't like? He said... No, 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 I, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. Yeah. And if we're not a church that is reaching out to the sick, and we're a hospital that just has a bunch of healthy people, we're wasting our resources. So that means we, as a spiritual hospital, right, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to flow. And, y'all, I didn't plan on saying any of this. I honestly didn't know what the Holy Spirit wanted me to say today. He told me the Shema from Deuteronomy 6 because I, I myself read that twice a day and proclaim that over me and my family. He told me the Shema, he didn't tell me what else he wanted me to say. So I'm believing this is the Holy Spirit, because I didn't plan on saying any of this. But Brother Doug Jolly, when he prophesied, he said this would be a safe place for people. But if we don't allow the Holy Spirit, he's not going to flow, and it's going to be a fleshly church, not a spiritual church. And fleshly people hurt fleshly people. So instead of being a safe place, we will become a hazard to their safety and their spiritual life. I didn't even plan on saying that but amen praise God Don't get stuck in the past of what he did look to the future of what he will do but y'all we can't get stuck in the good old days I've heard so many pastors talk about was it the Brownsville Revival in Florida oh back in the what 60s something you know Praise God for the revival Well how about we birth another revival Why don't we birth another revival Instead of saying, oh, God, that was amazing. Let's go back to that time. No, let's usher it into the present. But that has to start somewhere. That has to start somewhere. Let's go to Joshua 24. All right, do you all see how I'm connecting Moses and Joshua? These are actually parallel passages where Joshua's kind of mimicking what Moses said in Deuteronomy 6. Right, what is he doing? He's acting as his mentor did. And I think if we have some really good counsel and mentors, we should act as they do because it'll take us into a deeper place of anointing. But so Joshua is basically quoting what Moses did just in a different way. Joshua 24, 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the, the what? The gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the amorites in whose land you dwell but as for me and my house we was as for me in this house as your leader as for me in this house speaking as a joshua when joshua said for me and my house he was speaking of his tribe he was speaking of the tribe of israel wasn't just speaking for his family. He was making a declaration as the leader, the spiritual leader that as for him and them. They were going to serve the Lord. So this is for you today. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. This is war. This isn't a game. And if, if, and if we take spirituality out of the Bible, what do we have? I made a statement on Wednesday night. Is this so far-fetched to believe in these demonic forces? But we can believe that a virgin had a baby. We can believe that a man rose from the dead three days later and somehow took away all of our sins. And we can believe in a God who intricately designed the universe. Well, we can't believe that there are demonic beings fighting for our attention, fighting for our souls right now in this moment. We cannot be selective with our spirituality. Amen? We cannot be selective with what we want to put out of the Bible and what's uncomfortable so we leave it there. I told y'all we're going deeper in the Word, which means we're dealing with the hard stuff. We're dealing with the uncomfortable stuff. But as for you and your house today, as for you and your family, who will you serve? What does that look like? That looks like we're committed to this ministry. That looks like when we have an event or Wednesday night, we do our best to be there. We support one another. Amen? We root each other on when someone's speaking in front of everybody. Amen? (laughs) Dang, y'all missed that. Dang, y'all left that one. That one got lost somewhere back there. If this is our battle plan, and we're part of the army, would you go to battle with somebody you didn't trust? If you were in the midst of war with bombs exploding, people shooting at you, Would you choose someone you didn't trust to go in with you back to back to try to make it through? So that means for us as this house, when we say we are going to serve the Lord, that means we do in every aspect. We have got to stop just coming to church and individualizing ourselves and our families and not speaking to one another. That is such an Americanized viewpoint of church, because what? When we think of service, subliminal message here, when we think of the word church, service, we come to get served. And we come and we bring our families and we sit and we're served worship and we're served a sermon and then we go to lunch and we're served lunch. But I want so much more than that for this ministry. When we claim a battle plan, that means we're going to battle together got to trust one another if we as this house are going to serve the lord me myself included because i can be introverted okay me myself included i have to do a better job about intentionally building unity in this ministry and i will be transparent i have to do a better job so if i didn't speak to you i apologize okay i'm speaking for myself i'm not accusing you guys of anything i'm speaking of josiah hodge i know myself what does it say know thyself i know myself and i got to do better but we as a collective have to do better. If this ministry is going to go forward and outside people who don't believe are going to come in, we have to be a house of love and comfort. Amen. And to me, in the year 2021, serving the Lord, that is one of the biggest things you could do in your culture. Yes. Doesn't, it doesn't, yo, we're in a different context, right? So it doesn't look the exact same as it did in their time period. Amen? 8,000 years ago, like, it doesn't look the same. We now, to serve the Lord, have to be a place of love and comfort a place for lost people to be found, a place for hurting people to be healed. But that starts with us, and we choose today. There's a war raging around us. I guarantee you there is. I guarantee you if we, if we had some spiritual glasses to put on, we would probably be pretty freaked out about what we saw, especially outside of this building. I guarantee some of y'all would pass out. We'd have to get the smelling sauce. Y'all be all laid out because it would freak us out. And it's hard to think that way because... We have so many filters put up in the 21st century. And technology just adds more filters to our eyes every single day. If we can't hold it in our hands, if we can't hold it tangibly, it doesn't doesn't exist. I guarantee if we had a vision right now, if God just gave us all a collective vision of the spiritual realm, half of y'all would probably leave this church and y'all wouldn't want to be here anymore. I'm just being honest, because we as a Pentecostal church believe in the spiritual realm and we believe in spiritual battles that we fight. Either you pledge allegiance to Yahweh or by default. There's only yo, there's only two options. There's two options. There's not 80 options. It's not, it's not your own truth. There's one truth. Amen? The world is preaching, oh, just believe your own truth. There's not. I'm not bashing anyone. I'm being honest and truthful with you. There are two truths. Either you pledge allegiance to Yahweh, or by default, you're pledging allegiance, your allegiance will be pledged to the powers of darkness. Either you live for the Lord or you are living in darkness. There's no other option. So for us today to start off our battle plan before we can even get into the good stuff, we have to pledge our allegiance so I know you want to get there. For us to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, when he laid this on my heart months ago, for us to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, we today have to pledge our allegiance to the Lord. Because if you don't, I'm gonna be honest. You don't necessarily belong here. There's only two options, and if you love God and you want to pursue Him, you need to be you need to be here. What did that song say? This is a place I will grow. I love that. I love that so much. That song said, "This is a place I will grow." If you want to grow, this is a place for you. Because guys, Wednesday night I gave a college level lecture. I'm just gonna be honest. Marty told me she felt like she was back at Emmanuel. Because what did I say the first thing we have to do? We have to seek the kingdom of God deeper. That means harder and deeper teachings that we have to go back on. I'll get you all the notes. We have to go back on and chew on a little bit. And, and, and if it tests our tradition and what we believed, we weigh it with scripture, not with tradition. Amen. Because one of the biggest filters Christians have, which is why we have like 200 denominations, is traditional filters that are stuck in our brains when we grow up through a denomination in a church. We're taught to believe certain things that aren't necessarily biblical. But I promise you, me as a teacher, I hold Scripture very seriously And the fact that I will be held more accountable than the majority of you, is what the Bible says. So, Michelle, will you please come up? I'm, I'm going to play that song, Fall Fresh on Us again. And I want you, in your, either in your seat or up at this altar, to pledge your allegiance anew to God Today. Today. Do we hear that? You know, I, I, want us, I want us to read this real quick. I want us to read this, Shema. Will you, will you guys stand up with me real quick? I want, to, I want to read this together. Because after this, guys, we're getting into some deep, hard stuff where we're really going to have to be ready for battle. And if our allegiance isn't with the Lord, we're going to fall by the wayside. All right, let's read it together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Pause. Let's replace Israel with crossroads. Ready? Hear, O crossroads, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. All right, as we go into worship today, this is you and God. I ain't got nothing to do with this. You and the Holy Spirit. Deal with this in your heart, who your allegiance will be to fully. Guys, you cannot halfway pledge allegiance. Do you know what would have happened to deserters in this time period if they would have fled from the army? They'd have been killed. There's no halfway allegiance. You decide today whom you will serve. All right, Michelle, whenever you're ready.
1: different in here.
2: Your Come on,
1: pledge yourself new. pull up awesome in this place that first song we did pastor wants us to declare this morning that middle part that I found where I belong I'm a living stone and in this house I will grow come on let's do that
3: going to have fun in church who says you're going to have fun in church oh man it's a party when the holy spirit shows up there's freedom which means you have freedom to raise your hands you have freedom to dance you have freedom to smile but we don't smile enough in church today do you believe this is a place you will grow this is a place of growth if you want to plant yourself here we will grow and healing is taking place in this house what is a miracle miracle is anything that only the lord can do the Lord can only bring healing. So that means miracles were done in this house. That doesn't just mean people stand up who can't walk, then walk. It's not just physical healings, inner healing. And God is doing that in this place. And I'll tell you, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss everybody in a second. Guys, I am excited for what God is doing in, in this place, in this place. I'm not speaking to the world. I'm not preaching to the world. I'm preaching to this place as your pastor to take this congregation to somewhere we've never been before. This is our house. Brother Kenny, this is our house. Going deeper. Y'all hear Brother Kenny? We're going deeper. This isn't my house. Our house. It's the Lord's house. And we thank you so much for coming today. Online audience, we thank you so much. Pastor Betty, is there food across the street? Once we dismiss, there's food across the street. Please go help yourselves. But thank you for being here today. Thank you for submitting yourself to Yahweh into this ministry, to the things He's going to take as an online mini- online congregation. Thank you so much for being with us today. You guys are dismissed. Thank you so much. Also, for anyone who has a child in the youth group or a guardian, you have a. Child